Welcome to the Tech Meme Ride Home for Wednesday, September 27th, 2023. I'm Brian McCullough. Today, the big FTC-led lawsuit against Amazon is live. Is Johnny Ive working with OpenAI to create an AI hardware product? OpenAI might soon be 3Xing its private valuation. What the writers won from Hollywood and what it's actually like to ride in the only street-legal level 3 autonomous car. Here's what you missed today in the world of tech. And so it begins. The Federal Trade Commission and 17 U.S. states have sued Amazon for allegedly using monopoly power to raise its prices, force sellers to pay fulfillment and ad fees, and harm its rivals. Quoting CNBC, The agency laid out a two-pronged strategy by which Amazon, quote, unlawfully maintains its monopoly power. It pointed to so-called anti-discounting measures the company uses to punish sellers and deter other online retailers from offering lower, more competitive prices than Amazon, which translates to keeping prices higher for products across the internet, the FTC said. Amazon also, quote, effectively requires that sellers use its, quote, costly fulfillment services in order to obtain the vaunted Prime badge for their products, the FTC said, which in turn makes it more expensive to do business on the platform. Sellers are paying one out of every $2 to Amazon, FTC Chair Lena Khan told reporters at a briefing Tuesday. The FTC and states alleged that Amazon forces sellers to pay expensive fulfillment and advertising fees to market their goods on the site while facing no other choice, quote, but to rely on Amazon to stay in business. These tactics have degraded the shopping experience on Amazon by flooding search results with pay-to-play ads that steer shoppers toward more expensive and less relevant products, Khan said. The upshot here is that Amazon is a monopolist, and it's exploiting its monopolies in ways that leave shoppers and sellers paying more for worse service, Khan said at the briefing. In a competitive world, a monopoly hiking prices and degrading service would create an opening for rivals and potential rivals to come in, draw business, grow, and compete. But Amazon's unlawful monopolistic strategy has closed off that possibility and the public is paying directly as a result, end quote. David Zapolsky, Amazon's general counsel and senior vice president of global public policy, said in a statement that the FTC's complaint is, quote, wrong on the facts and the law, end quote. The FTC didn't lay out potential remedies such as a breakup or divestitures in its announcement, saying it is primarily seeking to hold Amazon liable. In the complaint, the FTC and states called for the court to prevent Amazon from continuing the alleged unlawful behavior and order, quote, structural relief to the extent necessary to resolve the harm. Structural relief tends to refer to remedies like breakups and divestments that alter the business itself rather than simply order it to discontinue a certain behavior. Often in antitrust cases, a judge will rule on whether a company is liable for the alleged violations first. Only at that point will a separate proceeding to determine the proper remedies occur should there be a finding of liability, end quote. Sources are telling the information that Johnny Ive and Sam Altman have been discussing building a new AI hardware device. And... Masayoshi Son has apparently been involved in some aspects of the conversation as well. Quote, It is not clear what the device would be or if they will decide to build it, but the two leaders who are friends have been discussing what new hardware for the age of AI could look like. It is also unclear whether any new device would be made by OpenAI itself or a new company. OpenAI has raised $11 billion to date from high-profile investors, including Kosla Ventures and Microsoft. A popular consumer device could give OpenAI an edge to compete in the years-long battle ahead over how AI changes consumers' lives. 
But it also could be a big distraction. Many big tech companies have tried and failed to build hit hardware. Altman has ties to at least one consumer hardware startup, Humane. He is one of its largest investors. The company was founded by Imran Chowdhury and software engineer Bethany Bongiorno, both former Apple employees. It plans to develop a screenless wearable device that can be directed using voice prompts and gestures while projecting information onto surfaces in front of it. In 2020, Altman co-led a $30 million Series A round for Humane and then participated in a $100 million Series B in 2021 and a $100 million Series C in 2023, according to the company. On top of Altman's investments, Humane boasts that a, quote, collaboration with OpenAI will integrate its technology into the Humane device, end quote. SoftBank, meanwhile, has indicated it wants to catch up to the generative AI craze that swept Silicon Valley for the past year. Masayoshi Song crafted his $100 billion vision fund around the theory that artificial intelligence would underpin the next generation of technology companies. But SoftBank has largely sat out the past year's rush into generative AI startups. Bolstered by the proceeds from the recent IPO of chip designer Arm, SoftBank is expected to push aggressively into the current wave of AI startups." End quote. Probably not unrelated to that, sources have told the Wall Street Journal that OpenAI is pitching investors on a possible share sale that would value the AI startup at between 80 and $90 billion, almost triple its level earlier this year. Quote, the startup, which is 49% owned by Microsoft, has told investors that it expects to reach $1 billion in revenue this year and generate many billions more in 2024, people familiar with the discussion said. The deal is expected to allow employees to sell their existing shares as opposed to the company issuing new ones to raise additional capital. OpenAI representatives have begun pitching investors on the deal, the people said, though it is possible the terms could change. A valuation of $80 billion or more would make OpenAI one of the most highly valued global startups behind Elon Musk's SpaceX and TikTok owner ByteDance. The figure underscores the extent to which OpenAI has been able to reshape the landscape of Silicon Valley and force even richer, more established tech giants to overhaul their product roadmaps and follow its lead. OpenAI is aiming to sell a few hundred million dollars worth of existing shares to Silicon Valley investors. In the past, venture firms such as Sequoia Capital and Coastal Ventures have purchased OpenAI shares through tender offers, though the bulk of its external funding is from Microsoft. The transaction would immediately give Microsoft a huge paper profit. The tech giant invested billions of dollars in the startup in January to help finance the intensive computing costs necessary to train its advanced AI models. At the time, OpenAI was valued at a bit under $30 billion, end quote. Ming-Chi Kuo has a possible answer to those iPhone overheating reports. He says, it is not due to the new chip inside those phones, which hadn't occurred to me quoting from his own Medium post. My survey indicates that the iPhone 15 Pro series overheating issues are unrelated to TSMC's advanced 3 nanometer node. The primary cause is more likely the compromises made in the thermal system design to achieve a lighter weight, such as the reduced heat dissipation area and the use of a titanium frame, which negatively impacts thermal efficiency. It's expected that Apple will address this through software updates, but improvements may be limited unless Apple lowers processor performance. If Apple does not properly address this issue, it could negatively impact shipments over the product lifecycle of the iPhone 15 Pro series." End quote. Selling a little or a lot? 
Shopify helps you do your thing, however you ka-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business, from the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did-we-just-hit-a-million-orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify transformed ResumeWriters.com from the spaghetti code backend I cobbled together in college to the world-class commerce platform it sits on today. And Shopify can do the same for your business. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash ride, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash ride now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash ride. Want a better way to simplify your business finances across expenses, vendor payments, and accounting? If so, Ramp could be a complete game changer. Ramp is the corporate card and spend management software designed to help you save time and put money back in your pocket. Ramp gives finance teams unprecedented control and insight into company spend. With Ramp, you're able to issue cards to every employee with limits and restrictions and automate expense reporting so you can stop wasting time at the end of every month. Ramp's accounting software automatically collects receipts and categorizes your expenses in real time so you don't have to. You'll never have to chase down a receipt again, and your employees will no longer spend hours submitting expense reports. The time you'll save each month on employee expenses will allow you to close your books eight times faster. Ramp's also saves you money. Businesses that use Ramp save an average of 5% the first year. Ramp is easy to use. Get started, issue virtual and physical cards, and start making payments in less than 15 minutes, whether you have five employees or 5,000. And now, get $250 when you join Ramp. Just go to ramp.com slash techmeme. Ramp.com slash techmeme. R-A-M-P dot com slash techmeme. Again, it looks like the WGA strike, at least that strike, is heading to a conclusion. And I find it interesting which details related to tech ended up getting in this deal. For example, The Verge says the WGA contract calls for streaming data transparency, as well as guarantees on AI usage, including preventing AI-generated material to be used as a source material. Quote, On the AI side of things, the WGA got essentially what it's been demanding from the start. According to the summary of the contract, AI will not be able to write or rewrite literary material, and AI-generated material will not be able to be used as a source material. So, an exec won't be able to ask ChatGPT to come up with a story and ask writers to turn that into a script that the exec owns the rights to. The WGA also, quote, reserves the right to assert that exploitation of writers' material to train AI is prohibited by MBA or other law. This means that if the laws change or AI training reaches a point of contention for guild members, the WGA will be able to call that exploitation. This is likely related to proposed laws in California regulating the use of materials for AI training. But, quote, AI is the flashy thing. The data is the game changer. Catherine Trendacosta, director of policy and advocacy at the Electronic Frontier Foundation and a reporter covering the strike for Vice and Defector, told me, and I tend to agree. 
As the LA Times noted earlier this week, streaming data has essentially been a black hole. This means no one working on projects in Hollywood knew how well those projects were doing, which created a problem because pay for projects is directly tied to performance. Now studios will have to provide the WGA with actual data, specifically the, quote, total number of hours streamed both domestically and internationally of self-produced high-budget streaming programs. That means Netflix, Disney+, Amazon, and the other streamers won't be able to invent weird metrics or meaningless self-referential rankings to give to the WGA. The numbers the studios provide may be subject to NDAs, so the rest of us won't necessarily have access to those metrics, yet the WGA will still be able to release the data in aggregate, giving us much more nuanced and revealing looks at the business of streaming than anything we've had before. The streaming industry has thrived on data opacity, allowing an industry in the business of fiction to twist the story to how it sees fit with carefully crafted data. Now there will be real, actual hard data available to the WGA membership. And once the genie is out of the bottle, it will be a whole lot more difficult to smush it back in, end quote. Meanwhile, the journal says, the deal also lets studios train AI models on writers' work, while writers would be compensated for work on scripts even if AI tools are used. Quote, Entertainment executives didn't want to relinquish the right to train their own AI tools based on TV and movie scripts, since their understanding is that AI tech platforms already are training their own models on such materials, people familiar with the matter said. Entertainment companies are looking at the use of AI tools for everything from summarizing scripts to special effects to promotional marketing, the Wall Street Journal reported. Warner Brothers Discovery has held discussions with OpenAI about using ChatGPT for tasks such as creating descriptions of shows on its Max streaming service and possibly down the road for summarizing scripts submitted to studio executives for review, the journal has reported. Hollywood studios are expected to retain the right to train artificial intelligence models based on writers' work under the terms of a tentative labor agreement between the two sides, people familiar with the situation said. The writers would also walk away with an important win, a guarantee that they will receive credit and compensation for work they do on scripts, even if studios partially rely on AI tools, one of the people said. That provision had been in an earlier offer from the Alliance of Motion Picture and Television Producers, the group representing studios, streamers, and networks, end quote. Finally today, longtime listeners of the show know I don't feel like I need self-driving cars in my life in the fully self-driving sense. I just want to be able to read a book while I'm tooling down the highway. I'm happy to take over in other scenarios. Well, The Verge has gotten a hands-on with my dream, the Mercedes-Benz Drive Pilot, the first and only Level 3 system approved for sale in the U.S. and the EU, available only on freeways, mapped by Mercedes. Quote, Offered on the electric EQS fastback and gas-powered S-Class sedan, DrivePilot will initially launch in California and Nevada later this fall, the first two states that have approved the system. At up to 40 miles per hour in traffic jam situations on highways, DrivePilot provides hands-free, eyes-off driving that allows the driver to look away from the road at something else like play games or watch a movie. That's a big leap up from hands-free Level 2 systems, Tesla's autopilot and full self-driving included, which still require the driver to be in full control, looking ahead and paying attention. DrivePilot can only be used when the operational design domain, ODD, is met, meaning the set of specific circumstances and criteria that are necessary for the system to work. There must be a vehicle in front of your car, reasonable road conditions with readable markings and lines, and clear weather and light conditions. DrivePilot can't be used at night or in the rain, and the headlights and wipers must be set to auto for it to work. 
It's also only available on freeways that have been mapped by Mercedes, with GPS positioning that is precise to the centimeter and even accounts for continental drift. DrivePilot can't be used in construction zones, and in addition to detecting vehicles and signs, the system gets data from local agencies so the car knows when a construction zone is ahead. More than 100,000 miles have been driven and mapped in California using DrivePilot by Mercedes engineers, and that number will continue to grow. Crucially, Mercedes takes full legal liability when DrivePilot is activated, though it will depend on each individual case. That is a major step forward for autonomous tech, as Level 2 systems still hold the driver responsible for anything that happens. As long as the user operates DrivePilot as designed, Mercedes is the one responsible. The system has been available to customers for more than a year in Germany, and Mercedes says there have been zero accidents so far. Before getting into the cars to drive, Mercedes shows us an EQS on display for us is showing off an important visual indicator that it is not yet legal. In the hopefully very near future, when DrivePilot is active, the headlights, taillights, and side mirrors will have turquoise marking lights so other drivers know the Level 3 system is in use. Activating DrivePilot is easy. The steering wheel has a pair of identical metal inserts at 10 and 2, each featuring a hard button with the system's logo and a slim light and a row of lights above. When DrivePilot becomes available, the button shows a soft white light, and all you have to do is press it. The gauge cluster then displays a message of acknowledgement that you're turning the system on, which you have to accept by pressing the same button on the steering wheel stock used for other cluster adjustments. All of the steering wheel lights then turn turquoise, and DrivePilot takes over. Unlike with regular adaptive cruise control or other Level 2 systems, the driver can't adjust the speed or follow distance when using DrivePilot, so you really are leaving it to its own devices. In terms of actual operation, DrivePilot at first acts like any other hands-free Level 2 system does, because it only works in traffic jams at slow speeds. Giving up total control doesn't feel unsettling or scary to me, as I already love using adaptive cruise control in situations like this. It does feel more precise and accurate in how the car stays in its lane and reacts to surrounding traffic, with fewer jerky movements and constant tiny adjustments. My first order of business is to open up the YouTube app and watch Kylie Minogue's latest music video on the EQS's 17.7-inch central display. The car has a 5G data connection for its infotainment, so high-quality streaming is easily achieved. Mercedes also has the Zinc Entertainment platform available, which features more than 30 different streaming services for movies and TV shows, including live programming. There are a number of built-in games like Sudoku, Tetris, Virtual Shuffleboard, and a tile-matching game featuring images of different Mercedes. Some of the games are multiplayer, and there's also a quiz game with a mix of automotive and general trivia questions, some of which are so tough that neither I nor the three Mercedes engineers riding with me picked the correct answers. You can also use a built-in web browser. The new E-Class is the first Mercedes to feature an integrated TikTok app in the screen, something that will be added via an over-the-air update to other MBUX-equipped cars. And Zoom will be available, too. While DrivePilot's breadth of capabilities may be fairly limited for now, it's just a taste of what will be possible in the future. Mercedes's goal is for DrivePilot to be usable in an expanded range of conditions and at speeds of up to 80 miles per hour, and approval in more states and countries is in the works." End quote. Nothing for you today. Talk to you tomorrow.